You know what? I'm just grateful for the opportunity to stand and proclaim God's Word. I want to bring you a message this morning just simply entitled, Are You Filled with the Holy Spirit? That is a good question. I want us to ask ourselves this morning five questions. The first one is, are you filled with the Holy Spirit? Let's begin reading here in Acts chapter 6 and verse number 1. The Bible says, and in those days when the number of the disciples was multiplied, that is, the church was growing, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians, the Hellenists, if you want to say that, against the Hebrews because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. Then the twelve called, that's the twelve apostles, called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, it is not reason... Uh, that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Wherefore, look ye out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and the ministry of the word. Let's pray, Father. We're grateful for this opportunity to come to your house. Lord, we've come here. I pray that everyone that's walked through these doors has assembled with worship in mind. And Lord, we worship you through the truth of the word of God. Yes, we worship in spirit, and we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit, but we also need the truth from the word. I pray you'd pour that truth into our hearts today. I pray you'd fill us with the spirit. Lord, I'm grateful. I'm thankful for every car in this parking lot. I'm thankful for every baby that comes through the door. I'm thankful for every family that you allow us to minister to and help them to grow in grace and strengthen their family ties. I pray you'd strengthen us together as a church as we grow and as we move. I pray, Father, this church would continue to move forward for the glory of God. Now, Father, just take your word and speak to our hearts in Jesus' name, amen. And in my prayer, I'm reminded we have a new baby in the service this morning. Amen. Let's see that baby. Stand up there. Show us that baby. Isn't that wonderful? Tell us his name. I forgot his name. Yes, Braxton, B-R-A-X. Good to see you today. Let's get in the Word of God. This, is, this book is called The Acts of the Apostles. It might be called The Acts of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit at this time, Jesus had ascended back to heaven and the Holy Spirit was forming the church. I thank God this morning for the church. I thank God for a place to worship. I thank God for people who see it important in their life enough to be in the house of God this morning and be under the preaching of the word. Open the book and let God speak to their heart. This church was a new fledgling church. It was led by the 12 apostles. Can you imagine sitting in a church with 12 preachers all filled with the Holy Ghost? I mean, these guys had the power to heal. These guys had the power to speak and God would work. They had, my goodness, what fire was on their ministry. But I want you to notice something. Even in the best church that's ever been, there was a problem. And the problem was there was some friction between the Grecians and the Hebrews or the Hellenists and the Hebrews that there were certain people who were being neglected in the ministry. Well, the problem was as the church grew in its size that the pastors were so thinly spread that they couldn't do it all. They couldn't cover prayer and the word and the ministry and they were just greasing the squeaky wheel, so to speak. They were just putting out fires. 
And so the devil got in that. Don't you, don't you miss this fact. The devil loves to get in anything he can. If there are factions in the church, that's what, you know, we see two factions here, the Grecians and the Hebrews. If there are factions in the church, I promise you that the devil will sow seeds of discord among those factions. We are one church. We are not Hellenists and Grecians. Amen. We're not Hebrews and Christians. We're God's family. And that's why our church is successful because if you let factions get in the church, you're going to have trouble. The devil will get in that. Somebody say amen. And uh, the pastors were spread too thin. So the devil was trying to sabotage this church. Let me, let me just say this. Anything that's moving causes friction. If you have a church that's moving forward, it's the, I mean, your body, my body, when I exercise or you exercise, the reason you get hot and your temperature rises and you need a cool drink of water is because your muscles and your tendons and ligaments are causing friction in movement. If a church is moving, there's friction. That's just, but let me tell you something. God's got a solution for everything. And the number one solution for the church is to be filled with the Holy Spirit of God. Listen, if you're filled with the Spirit of God, you don't like discord. Amen. If you're filled with the Spirit of God, you don't like conflict. You'll try to do what you can to work with God and work with others. Amen. When you get filled with the Spirit of God, you become a loving person who does not like discord among the brethren. Amen. And so here was God, the Holy Spirit had an answer. Now let me say this too. The answer is the filling of the Spirit. But let me tell you something. God's got an answer to every problem. He's got an answer. He's, God has a solution for every problem that we have. So the church has a problem. And the Holy Spirit said, separate me seven men full of the Holy Ghost, full of wisdom, full of the Spirit of God, and set them about this business of ministering to the people and let the pastors free, be free to study in the Word and to pray and to keep the spiritual oversight. That was the Spirit of God. That was His solution. And you know what? That, that formed the deacons. That's what we know today as the deacon board. These seven men were to help in the ministry of the saints. Somebody say amen. I've heard it said that the deacons run the church. Let me tell you something. The deacons, if I use a biblical term right straight out of these passages, the deacons serve the church. They'll run the church. The pastor, amen, it's pastor appreciation. But let me tell you something. The pastor doesn't run the church. Somebody say amen. The pastor is a servant. We're all here as servants. We're here to see you succeed in your family. We're here to see you succeed in your business. Amen. We're here to see you whatever it takes for you to be successful in the Christian life. We are to minister and to serve. The one who runs this church is Jesus Christ. If Jesus Christ doesn't run this church, the first person you ought to run off is me. Amen. And so we need to get out of the way and be filled with the Holy Spirit and let the, the Lord run the church. So the first requirement of the deacon and the pastor is to be filled with the Holy Spirit of God. Amen. Now, He's not to be the, the man who's able to lead. You don't look at leadership qualities. That's not a qualification for a leader. Amen. He's, he's not to be a good businessman and good with money management. That's not the qualification. 
He's not to be a good orator or a good speaker. He's to be filled with the Spirit of God. And if he's not, he's disqualified. Yes, sir. Amen, preacher. Look at verse number 6. We stopped reading at 5. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith, and of the Holy Ghost. They did not choose an astute businessman. They didn't choose a man who could organize or serve on a committee. They chose a man who was full of faith and the Spirit of God. Question number one, what does it mean to be filled with the Holy Spirit? We know from Ephesians chapter 5, and I preached on it, be not drunk with wine. I preached that whole message. But the, the end of that verse says, be not drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. If I read that right, that is a commandment of God for me as his child to be filled with the Holy Spirit. If you ever get filled with the Holy Spirit, you'll find the Christian life is exciting. Amen. It is exciting. It's a wonderful thing to know the Lord, to know where I am in life, to know my purpose for life. It's a wonderful thing to turn on the news and see all the turmoil and know that my God is in charge. To know that he's going to take care of me no matter what. Thank God. It's exciting to be living in the last days. It's exciting to be a Christian. It's exciting. Listen, I feel so sorry for some people who say they're a Christian and Sunday morning is just a mandatory service. Boring, mundane, mandatory service. They go to church, they hear a message at 11 o'clock, they pay their tithes, uh, they live once a week by this 30-minute message, they just, listen, being filled with the Spirit means, number one, write these down, I'm not going to preach this, but it means falling in love with Jesus. Amen. Number one. Number two, it means that we forget what is behind Number three, it means that we're to be faithful to God and we're to be fruitful in the Spirit of God. I'm going to tell you something. It's exciting for me to be saved. I'm, I get excited every time I preach. Listen, I'm glad. I'm glad I'm surrendered to God. I'm glad the Lord has filled me with His Spirit. Man, it's the most wonderful thing in the world. So living the Christian life is really walking with the God of this universe on a daily basis. Man, when I looked at the moon last night, that big full moon, and there was Jupiter and right below that moon, and I've got, got my star finder on my telephone, I'm like, wow, I know the God that slung those things into space. That's exciting for me. I don't, you know, I bet some people looked up and said, ah, it's just another full moon. Well, not to me. My God made that. It's exciting to me. It's exciting to be close to the Lord. It's exciting for me to read my Bible. Those are not just black words on a white page. When I open that book that God starts speaking to me and he starts giving me cross-reference, man, I want to dig in that Bible. Sometimes I want to get a backhoe and dig in there so deep and just be filled with the Spirit of God. Let me tell you, it's exciting to read my Bible. It's exciting to see my prayers answered. I'll tell you something. Why don't you put your prayers in a bowl and, and, and put your requests, your prayer requests in a bowl and start taking out the requests that God's already answered or that God will answer. Hey, I'm going to tell you something. We don't realize how many prayers God has already answered. Look at the church you're sitting in. Look at the place where we're... Look at everything that God's done in our... I'm going to tell you something. He's a prayer-answering God. 
And that's exciting. I get excited when I start praying for something, praying for somebody, praying about wisdom to move forward, and God moves in that thing. I tell you, it thrills my soul. There ain't nothing boring about that. I tell you, I feel sorry for people who hear a spirit-filled message and they're not moved. Man, when, I, when, a, when a person gets in the pulpit and I go to church, and you know I've been to church so many times and it was just a boring message. You know why you have a boring message? Because you've got a bored preacher. You know what causes a bored preacher? He's not filled with the spirit. You get you a man of God who's filled with the Spirit, and I'm telling you, he starts preaching, and you know that God's all over him. I get excited. I get excited sitting there. I get, man, I say, amen. Somebody said, the preacher told the deacon, said, y'all need to say amen some more. Said, don't you know that saying amen to the preacher is like saying sick him to a dog? They said, well, it's hard to say sick him when he's got you by the seat of the britches. Amen. It's exciting. Speaking of dog, I thought about this. I exited my study a couple days ago, and my old dog, he'll come out and lay, when I go in my study, he'll lay on the porch of my study for two and three hours at a time just for one opportunity for me to walk out, and he gets to lick my hand. Y'all with me? One opportunity for me to just walk out of my study and pat him on the head and say, oh, you're a good boy. I just love you. And yet, why can't we pray for a little while to feel the touch of God? Why can't we be patient, lay on the, listen, if I got to lay on the porch of heaven to hear from the Lord Jesus Christ just to have him pat me on the head every once in a while and say, I'm pleased with what you're doing, son, I tell you what, that's exciting. It's not boring. You say, laying on the porch is boring. Yeah, but wait till the master opens the door. You'll start wagging your tail then, amen. And so, listen, number two, I got to move. I got to hurry. (coughs) Number two, why should I be filled with the Holy Ghost? Well, the scriptures command me to be filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm saved. When you get saved, the Holy Ghost comes in you. Everybody that's saved has the Holy Ghost in them, but not all, not all Christians are filled with the Holy Ghost. And the Bible commands us to be filled with the Spirit. Be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Now you think about this. Thank you, I gave this illustration before, but I'm going to give it again. If I came to this church this morning drunk, and I got in the pulpit, you'd have a meeting. And you ought to have a meeting. Amen. You ought to run me off. But on the other hand, what if I didn't feel the end of, fulfill the end of that verse and be filled with the Spirit? What if I just came in and it was just, I just had a sermon written down on a piece of paper and I just read it to you and we lit candles and we went through some liturgy and some catechism and I just asked a few questions. Hey, let me tell you something. It would be just as right scripturally to run me off for not being filled with the Spirit as to be drunk with wine. Right. You all with me? Be not drunk with wine, but the command is be not drunk with wine, but the command is also to be filled with the Spirit. Amen. The same scripture that tells me to be drunk commands me not to be drunk, commands me to be filled with the Spirit. Uh, Amen. We met some ladies from Missouri while we were on vacation. And Lisa, I appreciate this, 
We always pray. And, and we was in Dunkin' Donuts. And, uh, yeah, we still ate cheap when we went on vacation. But there was some ladies there, and Lisa, we bowed, and Lisa said a little prayer over our food. And, and it attracted three people from Georgia. They said, man, we appreciate y'all praying. And two ladies from Missouri. Let me tell you something. Isn't that something how you can bow your head in Jesus' name and attract the whole nation? Two different states of people who did, three different states of people who didn't even know each other. And one little prayer from a little godly woman that got the attention of the whole store. Well, I said that to say this. They asked us, you know, about our faith. And my wife said, well, my husband's got on shorts right now. We're on vacation. But he's a pastor. And they said, that ain't nothing to us. Said our last pastor was covered with tattoos from head to toe. And said he left the church because we wasn't paying him enough money. (laughs) <laughs> I said, my goodness. Yeah, for them ladies to look at me and want me to be a pastor in a pair of shorts, they're hurting. Amen. If you ever seen my legs, you'd know the reason. <laughs> anyway, listen, if we're saved, we ought to be, listen, God didn't just save us to keep us out of hell. God saved us to fill us with his spirit. Oh, you can't serve God unless you're filled with the Spirit. You can't preach. You can't teach a Sunday school. If you try to do something for the Lord without being filled by the Spirit, it'll be the hardest thing you ever tried to do. You've got to be, listen, you've got to get in there and get with Jesus and, get, and, and be filled. And this, a guy called me here a while back, and he'd been filling in for the pastor. They lost their passion. He'd been filling in. He said, Lord, have mercy. He said, I don't see how you do it. I can't wait for us to get another pastor. This is killing me. <laughs> I said, man, you've got to be filled with the Spirit of God. Somebody say amen. amen. You've got to be filled. Why should I be filled with the Holy Ghost? Number two, second question. Third question, who's affected if I become Spirit-filled? First question is, what does it mean to be filled? Second question, why should I be filled? Third question is, who's affected if I become filled with the Spirit of God? The same chapter, Ephesians chapter 5, that tells me, instructs me, commands me to be filled with the Spirit, also says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. You've got to be Spirit-filled to do that. The same chapter, Ephesians chapter 5, Says, wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands in the Lord. Ladies, you've got to be filled with spirit to do that. That's not humorous. That's true. The next chapter says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is good. I'm going to tell you something. If you're filled with the spirit, you'll have a right relationship with those around you. Oh, it goes on. The same chapter, the next chapter says, chapter 6 of Ephesians says this. Servants, obey your masters, not with eye service as men pleasers, but as unto the Lord. I, listen, you get filled with the Spirit. may not get an amen, but I'm going to say it. You get filled with the Spirit, you'll become a good employee. I worked with an old boy. I hate to say this, but it's the truth. He was the sorriest piece of plunger I ever worked with. He wouldn't do nothing. He sat at his desk with his hair combed. He wanted to sit on his butt all the time. I mean, man, he was just lazy. But he'd figure out when the managers was looking out the windows 
And he'd go out there and he'd pick up paper. He'd straighten up the parking lot. They thought he was the greatest thing since peanut butter. You know why? Eye service. Eye service. Be, listen, the Bible says servants. Be obedient to your masters. Not with eye service. Not just when the boss is watching. Amen, preacher. I told you it'd get quiet. And then you know what it says to supervisors? Hey, you know what it says? Masters, treat your servants with equity, justice, fairness. There's nothing better than a spirit-filled person to work for. You work for, ever work for a godly, well, let me put it this way. You ever work for an ungodly person, you'll appreciate a godly person. You ever work for somebody or you get under the authority of someone who's ungodly, you'll appreciate somebody filled with the Spirit of God. Amen. So there's, what are you saying, preacher? There are things, when you get filled with the Spirit, there are things that are praiseworthy, but there are things that are practical. A lot of people I know, they spend all their time like they're, like they're full of the Spirit and they're praising, 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 and their practical life's all to pieces. Amen. The Bible says glory not and lie not against the truth. Amen. If you can't live it, don't praise him. But I'm going to tell you something. You get full of the Spirit, you'll start living it, and then you'll want to praise him when you get in public. Amen. Amen. <laughs> talk about, listen, I'm talking about being filled with the Spirit. It's a private thing. But it'll come out in public if you're full of the Spirit of God. One man got on his knees and he was always praying, Lord, fill me with your spirit. Lord, fill me with your spirit. And there's a little boy beside of him praying. He said, Lord, don't do it. He leaks. <laughs> what are you saying, preacher? I'm saying you get filled with the spirit, it'll come out. You can't hide it. Amen. Being filled with, not, with the spirit is not just a, a, a spiritual application. It's a practical application. Somebody say Amen. Wouldn't it be so much easier? Wouldn't our homes go better if we were just walking with God? I mean, wouldn't our job go better in our position as a father or a mother or a husband or a son or an employee or an employer? Wouldn't it go so much better if we just walked with God in the Spirit? I mean, our prayer life was called up. Number four, I've got to hurry. Number four, how do I become filled with the Spirit? Well, Brian preached it two weeks ago. I've got to empty myself. I've got a vessel, I've got a cup, and, and, and I've got to empty me. I've got to empty George to become, be filled with the Spirit. Well, let me tell you something. God can't even fill a full cup. If a cup is full, God can't put any more in there. But listen, when we empty ourselves of my sin, my way, my desires, then I'm... I'm ready to be filled with the Spirit of God. Number five, I, I'm going to close right here. Number five, what do I do to empty myself? Well, the first thing I have to do to empty myself of George and my sin is get in this book. Let me tell you something. If it weren't for being saved, and if it weren't for the Spirit of God inside of me, and if it weren't for this book, I'd be meaner than hell. I would. I'm mischievous at heart. I mean, I'm sinful at heart. I have all kinds. I preached that last week. I got all kinds of thoughts. My mind goes a million miles an hour. And I'll have nine million thoughts that I, out of ten million, I'll have nine million I shouldn't have. 
What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying this. I've got to get in this book and empty myself of all the junk of George so Jesus can have his way. I'm reminded of the Old Testament when the priest went in to serve in the temple in the Old Testament. He had to pass by what was called the brass laver. And the brass laver was made out of obviously brass, but it was finely polished brass. You see, in that day, they didn't have mirrors like we have mirrors. Mirrors hadn't been invented yet. So what ladies would do is they would shine up really, really fine brass, and it would become almost mirror-like. Well, what the women had done to make the laver at the temple, they'd given up all their mirrors, and they'd molded that together, and God had prescribed that. Amen. I, I like that illustration because you've got to give up your vanity to be like God. I, that's a whole other message. I don't know how that even popped in my head. You see how my mind goes a million miles an hour. But, but they'd, they'd, given, they'd given all their mirrors and they'd made the slaver. And so the Old Testament priest, as he entered into the temple, he had to pass by this mirror-like laver. And it was a reflection of himself. Inside of that laver was water. And he was to take a real good look at himself and then he was to wash in that water before he entered the temple. If he went in that temple without being clean, without being washed, without taking a look at himself, uh, he would be killed. It was a death sentence. So, what are you saying, preacher? God's word, this is a little poem I came up with many years ago. God's word is like a mirror, and when I look in it, I don't see outward features, but my inner man reflects. Amen. Amen. And so this, this water in, inside this laver was a type of the Spirit of God. You say, is the Spirit of God a type of water? Well, Jesus said it was. Listen to this, John 7, 38. Jesus said, he that believeth on me, as the Scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living waters, but this he spake of the Spirit. Just like the little boy said, don't fill him with the Spirit, he leaks. Out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water, which they that believe on him should receive. Amen. This morning, I want to ask you a question. Don't answer it. Did you look in the mirror of God's Word? Did you take a self-examination? Did you judge yourself as you saw yourself? And if you saw yourself in comparison to the book that something didn't measure up, did you wash in the Spirit of God and say, Lord, here I am. What, what is washing? Hey, listen, washing is just me coming clean with God. Oh, if I could get one thing in our head this morning, God just wants us to be clean. I'm not talking about our bodies. I'm not talking about our underarms and right guard under the left arm. I'm talking about being clean in heart with God so we can be filled with the Spirit of God. What I want to challenge you this morning as I close... Get in the Word of God. Let Him take the water of the Word, the water of the Spirit, wash you. Confess what's wrong between you and Him according to this book. And say, Lord, I want a right heart. And here's the thing, don't you forget it. You can write this down if you want to. I don't need to persuade God to fill me with the Spirit. I need to permit Him to.
God's not waiting for me to persuade him to save me. God's not waiting for me to persuade him to fill me. He's just waiting for me to say, Lord, here I am. I've, I've made a mess. I've got sin. I've got problems. I've got this, this, this. And Lord, I'm just surrendering to you. Empty of me. Um, empty me of me and fill me with you. That's salvation and that's a filling of the Spirit of God. Amen? Every head bowed and every eye closed. I wonder, dear friend, this morning, on this last Sunday in October, are you saved? Do you know this Jesus I'm preaching about? Have you ever emptied yourself of you and asked Jesus to come in? If there be one here and God has spoken to you and I believe he has I want you to move right now and take Brian by the hand and you can be saved he spoke to you maybe he didn't speak to the person beside of you but he spoke to you you don't know what he said to the person on the front pew, but you know what he said to you. And I'm going to ask you to act on it. If you're lost, come up here and take Brian by the hand. Tell him you need to be saved. We want to see you get saved. We want to see you get right with God. And then for the rest of you, the, man, the Holy Spirit's doing work this morning. I'm going to ask you, if God spoke to you, if, if he didn't speak to you, don't worry about it. But if he did, why don't you get on this altar, empty yourself of you, and ask the Lord to fill you. Be the greatest prayer you could pray this month, this year. Lord, empty me of me and fill me with you. I wait right now. All right, come on. Got some coming? Come on. God spoke to you. Be obedient. Amen. Amen. This church will move forward when we're obedient. Amen. And again, I'm not asking you, if God didn't speak to you, don't worry about it. But if he did, if he touched your heart, if something pricked your heart, you need to move, friend. Amen. Thank God. Anybody else? We're going to wait just a minute. You say, well, preacher, I'll just pray for the Lord to fill me. Well, you ought to do that. You ought to make it public, too. You ought to get on your knees. I'm going to tell you something. There's something about public confession. There's something about coming forward. There's something about doing business with God. Come on. God's still speaking to some of you. Amen. Come on. Amen. There's still some moving. Take Brian by the hand if you need to. He'll help you in any way he can. Amen. Brother Brian, would you pray with her, please? Anybody else? Come on. God spoke to you. I didn't. It wasn't me. It wasn't my message. It was the Lord's. The Bible says, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he's none of his. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 12, for by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles or bond or free. We've all been able to make the drink in one Spirit. The command for us as who are saved is not to be in the Spirit, to be filled with the Spirit. While they pray, I'm going to give you seven quick things. I may preach them next week. 
The first thing is a spirit-filled person is sensitive to sin. Amen, preacher. Number two, a spirit-filled person has the power to live a holy life. They're empowered from on high. If you're having trouble with sin, something's wrong. You're having trouble living a godly life, something's wrong. Won't you ask the Lord to take you and fill you? Number three, a spirit-filled person has the joy of the Lord in spite of the circumstance. Number four, a spirit-filled person does not grieve the Holy Spirit, does not quench the Spirit of God. A spirit-filled person has abandoned self. Amen. Thank you for your attention. Thank you for moving. Look this way. I'm going to give you one verse. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such, there is no law. Thank God for his word. Amen.